going to vote on air. We're voting on air, Razzies. We're both members. See you later. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Eagleman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Eagleman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Eagleman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Eagleman. Yeah, wow. Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. Yes, welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. <laughs> Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spagelman and Carl. Hey, Carl, how are you, buddy? All right, good. Thank you very much. I'm ready to watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike we... Spagelman. Mike Spagelman. What are you doing? All right, uh, so right here is... 
We're on mutinyradio.fm. As we are every Sunday, we stream here first. You can go ahead, type in mutinyradio.fm, and listen. Just press the listen now. You're probably listening now. You can make a whole afternoon of it. We are part of a great Sunday afternoon showcase. Bound Around Sound with Scotto just concluded after our show. Ugly Sunday. So what a day. Make it a day. But we're on 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We also have a YouTube channel where the movie we're going to watch will be synced with our conversation. We want you to listen. We also have a podcast. You can listen to us Sunday night. Uh, just subscribe to that acronym you heard up front, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, and you got it. Basically, we want to watch a movie with you, so we want you to go to YouTube, turn the sound off, and watch a full-length movie with us while you listen to our podcast. You could also just go to the YouTube channel, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And as always, donate to our station, Mutiny Radio. Go to Venmo and donate at Mutiny Radio. Except no substitutions. Carl, what is the movie today? Today we will watch Things to Come 1936. Things to Come 1936. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. The channel we like, it's like Things to Come Public Domain Movies. The channel's weird. It is 2, I'm talking about the number, MI3. So if you search for things to come, there's lots of choices. Some have ads. Pick this one or you won't be in sync with us because right. there's Those ads have different times. And again, we want you to look for things to come on YouTube and not Pornhub. Just right. saying that if you, if you go to RedTube and type in things to come, 1936, we're, I warned yeah. you. Don't do Those that. things will come, but it won't be our movie. Not our movie. But our movie is Things to Come 1936. has public domain in the title, but you just type in Things to Come 1936, and you will find the channel 2MI3. 2MI3. Number two, number three, letter M, letter I, two. How many channels oh. are going to even look like that? You'll find it. You'll find it. It's, uh, it's up there. So hit pause. Oh, go ahead and click the link. But when it starts, hit pause, move the timer to zero, zero, zero. We are going to press play at the same time. And to do that, and to give you some time to get yourself ready, Carl has spoken to a celebrity comedian. I haven't heard this yet. I can't wait to hear it. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Countdown, this time with Derek C. Quadfather. Welcome, Derek. So, Derek, we got to know each other through Compound Media, through your podcast, Backyard Boys, and we'll get to it. But I wanted to ask you about your name, Quadfather. Now, you're quadriplegic. Tell us about that. Tell us what happened and how you got this name. Uh, I made a huge mistake, so that's how I ended up here. But uh, uh, I guess I could tell you the complete story is... Uh, on Labor Day 10 years ago, I, uh, I was out at the golf course having a good time. I played a, a lot of golf, uh, had many shots of whiskey, drank mm -hmm. many a beer. Um, then I went to a family get-together uh, party at my parents' house, and I, I got home, and uh, I decided to go for a swim because my, okay. my parents have an above-ground above pool. Um, the reason I went, wanted to go for a swim was mainly because I was a little out of it, a little drunk. Um, and I thought possibly cold water might 
uh, liven me up, make me feel good. Yeah, flip the switch, exactly. Like, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it was worth a try. A super hot day, uh, September 1st. And then uh, I went out there and I was swimming around in this above ground pool and uh, my drunk mind said, hey, why don't you climb up the tree that's right next to the pool? Uh-huh. And so I climbed up in the tree and uh, decided to attempt a flip out of the tree into the pool. Okay. Um, so I'm standing up there on the limb and I'm saying to myself, ah, maybe I shouldn't do this. Drunk mind, I went ahead and went for it. And somehow I just completely cased it mm-hmm. and landed right, you know, neck first, right on the bottom of the pool. Okay, um, now at you're that... in the water, right? So you are yes. in danger because if you're having this problem, how did you get out of the water? Okay, so I case it. I land in the bottom of the pool. I feel the back of my neck hit the bottom of the pool. I'm wide awake, and I realize that my arms and legs aren't working. Yeah. Um, so at that point, <clears throat> you know, panic sets in, and... Uh, I, I can move my hands a little bit like that, so I'm I know where the ladder is, so I'm trying to swim over to it, but uh, my attempts are pretty much in vain. Um, and underwater, sitting there drowning, you know, yeah. like a, one million thoughts go through your mind at that point. Um, so, yeah, that the you know I pretty much realized that I was dead, and I was uh, no one was down there by the pool. I did this by myself completely. Right. So there was no one watching me do it. I just did it just to do it. Um, and so what? You got to the ladder eventually, though? That I was close to the ladder. And so where I started was completely across the pool. So um, apparently, you know, I was I was pretty out of it. But mm-hmm. apparently I almost got to the ladder. So I could, you know, at least pull myself up and try to get out of the water, get my nose or mouth or something out of the water. Okay. Um, but I didn't make it. So okay. I, there was that point I realized it was over. I was wide awake up to the point where I drowned. Yeah. And um, my luck is that my stepdad, who was up there, uh, up at the house, eating dinner, decided out of the blue to go put chemicals in the pool. That he is was, luck. Well, it might be a God thing, a divine intervention, yeah. some, something along that line. Um, so so he's sitting there eating dinner, decides to come put chemicals in the pool, comes down there, finds me, sees that I'm drowned. I was, I was blue, purple. I was pretty much gone. And then uh, my mom, who used to be a nurse. Yes. They pulled my stepdad and my mom pulled me out of the pool. My mom gives me CPR. Wow. The ambulance shows up, flies me to, you know, St. Charles and Bend, and they put Humpty Dumpty back together again. (laughs) (laughs) But we're mentioning Oregon, just so people are in context with this hospital and this area. And used to be quite an outdoorsman out there, but you still hunt, you said. How do you go about hunting, and what do you hunt? Uh, Just deer and, like, birds, grouse. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you know what a grouse is. They live up in the mountains. They're like a game bird. Upland game bird. Okay. Um, but in Oregon, you can uh, drive around in your with the disability tag. You can drive around and hunt on dirt roads. 
Um, uh-huh. So you you could shoot a, a window of a vehicle. Oh, dear. Gotcha. So you do a drive-by on Pamby. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay, now we got to know each other through Backyard Boys. I love that name, by the way. And this is a podcast that's very fresh. It's only about two months old now. You've got like a whole cast of characters on there. How did this thing come together and how do you manage like so many personalities at once, people talking over each other, you know, because you do, you guys do a good job with it. Yeah, um, you know, that's the main thing is you just, uh, you try to have timing. Um, You know, most shows that you've been on uh, Gino's show in hot water. Um, Most of the people that are on our show are avid watchers of that show Uh Um, or compound media in general, I should say. Um, most of them are old Opie and Anthony fans from, uh, obviously that that's been around forever. Um, but yeah, it, it's the same thing. Cause you, you know, you got a wild man like Gino who talks over you back and forth. You just have to get in, you know, get your spots and try to make it work. So everyone's kind of aware how that, how that works. Um, just trying to get in a spot, you know, you, you have to have a little bit of patience and you got to wait, but sometimes we talk over each other, but it's all, you know, you, someone tries to stop you work it out when i was on your show um i was noticing how now there were some times in which people were talking over each other but the the, but but one of them would defer to the other one of them would back off right away like when they heard it coming i guess you got some practice you know doing that because i was impressed with were there six people i mean i was impressed with how many Oh, and there was this secret person, a behind-the-scenes producer person. How he seemed to like check every level, and what is he air traffic control there? Who who is this guy, and how come he's not on air? Yeah, well, uh, he just prefers not to be on air. Um, he's horribly disfigured. Uh, he was in a fire act. No, nothing like that. <laughs> um, whatever, you know, he just uh, prefers to have fun in in that way. Uh, uh-huh. He's not always there, so. Uh, you know, like half the shows, the entire first month or month and a half of the show, I just pretty much did it myself. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of the times I'm doing the producing while doing the show. Yeah. So it's, um, but, but when he's around, that makes it a whole lot easier for me. If we have a thought, it's like, Hey, go look this up. Uh, show us a clip from YouTube or man, that that's so much more convenient than me trying to like scramble in the middle of a show to try to figure that out. So um, it is nice to have him backstage. Um, now, who'd you hook up with on In Hot Water? Was it Steve Conti or was it Bobby Tamboro? One of those guys you got to be friendly with. And Bobby's coming on the show uh, coming up, right? Yeah, he'll be on Wednesday. And Wednesday. Uh, yeah, what's it? Fred Rubino. He'll be on Friday. Oh, that's a that's a catch. That's a catch right there. That's a funny dude. <laughs> that's great. How did but you I, get associated, like through messaging, direct messages on Twitter or? Yeah, exactly. So it's it's kind of funny because I had never called into the show till maybe like uh, February of this year or last year, sorry, like a year ago. Um, and then I decided to go check out Twitter. So I became kind of a frequent caller. I had heard people's voices, so I knew kind of who they were, you know, just by their voice. Yeah. I knew they they had multiple, you know, some people call in and play characters and whatnot. So it was trying to figure that all out. But when I got onto Twitter, uh, I started messaging people and found out pretty quickly, like who watches the show and who actually calls in 
and then the next thing you know you're dming people and saying hey i'm quad father how's it going i'm the goofy guy that calls in and does this um so that's kind of how we all met and then we started direct messaging and uh come to find out there was another show that they were on so i hook up with those guys and uh we were playing around on a different podcast and um maybe around thanksgiving time i decided hey maybe i'll try to do a stream yard account and play with it and next thing you know we're the backyard voice and yeah. uh garrett and gino are now our like audio drop on our show because they yeah. you know they kind of plugged us on the show backyard so boys. That's yeah right. i i guess we're like the resident show now like uh <laughs> the in hot water fan show that's uh, why we- i wanted to be on you know because i knew it was associated and 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 uh you know just the name the name is really what made me want to do it so now on youtube to find you guys it's byb podcast that's the channel right yes sir at byb podcast and and what same thing for twitter it's the same twitter handle no it's uh at byb underscore podcast okay at byb underscore that's the difference yeah only because that one the other one was yeah it was a blast man you're hilarious uh, we loved we loved watching you on in hot water and stuff so thanks i want to be yeah. back you know so we'll arrange that you know Absolutely. maybe i can sneak up on fred rubino but we'll talk off air but okay so derek quad father backyard boys we are now going to watch a full-length movie on youtube and everybody at home's got to press play at the exact same time as we do here in the studio so why don't you go ahead, Derek Quadfather, and give us that celebrity countdown. You ready? Three, two, one, go. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian, for that Celebrity Comedian countdown. And thank you, Criterion Collection, for presenting this version of Surf 2, the Criterion <laughs> Collection. Oh, look at that two-faced Janice. What a <laughs> double face. Oh my god. Talking on both sides of his head. Enough with the logos. You all want to get associated with this. It's a public domain movie, right? Either you polish it up or you just put it on a video cassette. Oh, all right. Go. Now, this is the opening to the soundtrack. Their main song for the movie is Hell's Bells. Right. By Meatloaf. <laughs> You know, I was at Big Ben, and I said, whoa, there's Big Ben. And Big Ben said, my name's Ben. <laughs> so All right? Look, so sensitive. Things to come. Whoa, wait, I'm taking my 3D glasses off. It's too intense. It's things to come. It's no, but like, it never really came. It was his predictions. H.G. Wells. This was I have never book. read the book. Is it a book or a novel, or is it like a collection of curios and writings? It's a book, and it's written as if he was an um, a diplomat. Uh, here it is. No, it's not. Here it is. H.G. Wells' Things to Come. Um, <laughs> sorry, Mike. No, no problem. I think I know what happens. Jack the Ripper finds his time machine, stops right. in there. Goes to San Francisco in 1979. Oh, that TV fits gets right a room. In. He goes to Mercadero, gets a room, 
and he watches TV and he's like, ah, modern day television is much more intense than the television of the telly of, I know from the 1800s. That was a great film, and I wish it was on YouTube and we could do it. Somewhere oh, in every day. What's it called? Uh, nice. Oh, we're going into the future. So this movie came out in, what, 36, he said? Yeah, this came out in 1936. It's based off a book that he wrote. It is a book, but it was like the memoirs or journal or diary of a, an ambassador, like in 2054, something like that. Wow, the book does end later than this. Now, if you turn on the sound, you'll find out it's nice Christmas. It's nice right. Christmas. And they're playing this Christmas carol right now. It goes Christmas, 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 Christmas. It's put it up, put it up. Is okay, it up? Go. Yeah, it is up. Here we go. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, M, N, O, L, O, P, E, Q, R, S, C, U, V. See, there's no L in my song. Okay, what the L, man? So what's going on is he's – the director is contrasting, like, the nice, pleasant thing of Christmas to war is coming. Right. War is on the horizon. Hey, the oh, so H.C. Wells predicted a war in the future? Good for him. Check that <laughs> off. Well, this came out just before our, England's entrance into World War II. Yeah. So, so – the box office, the first week at least, really profited off of that. You know what I mean? Like you know was, who doesn't profit off of anything so far, Carl, are the newsies, right? Because the news are on the on the stands, they're on the bus. I, I don't need to read it. I nearly got run over by it. <laughs> Christmas turkeys are all hanging out in the open air. Yeah. The world on the brink of war. See, people holding the signs. Do you think it's like the last movie we watched? This is an impressionistic movie. So they're holding news. Instead of saying "Eat at Joe's," they're like "War's coming." It's all like it's over the top. I get it. I want to hear people talk. It's a soundy, isn't it? It is a soundie, and it's in the public domain, Mike. Just let it rip. Okay. Sometimes the studio uh, rats get upset. The mice in the studio. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so right. this guy is um, a famous guy named uh, Raymond Massey, and he's known for his thick voice and everything. Uh, and he's going to be our hero throughout the movie because we'll see his – descendants we'll see you know he'll be an ancestor to the future that's kind of cool so that's how they were able to tell a story about the future is that it's a man and then his kids right now this guy is the person who's supposed to let us know in the story ah, i don't give a fuck all about war a couple of people battling miles away you know right oh yeah yeah no i agree with him now, Wells is a British dude, right? Did, or yes. he wrote this in a, so. Yeah, this whole film is English. Gotcha. <laughs> Man. Are you saying it's a British A, B, C, D, E, F, G, 
H-I-J-K-M-N-O-P-Q-R-S. I don't get it. Why don't you say the L? Because that song has is a Noel. Oh, that's that's the Christmas Carol. It's a no. It's a Noel. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's. I, I learned that from a comic strip. Look! Look! Now here we have Christmas, and what comes to mind when I look at this scene is Christmas, 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 <laughs> Christmas, 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 Christmas. You know Christmas. what I? What I noticed? Christmas. It's Christmas. Oh, Carl. Hey, uh, Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you, Mike. Let me be the first in 2023 to wish you a Merry Christmas. Oh, Carl. Let me be the second, but I'm still the same person. To right. Wish you Merry Christmas. Merry oh, Christmas. Oh well, thank you, Michael. Let me be the third. <laughs> How are we doing this math? Oh, all right. Is it third time or third? Okay, look how serious he is. You know, war. He's all serious about the war. But, like, he's not a bummer about it. Well, I mean, the kid has a little can war cannon, and yes. the whole streets are covered about war. So It's just trying to be realistic. Like, he's the realistic one. Now, the old fogey sitting in the chair, he already did his bit. He's supposed to say, my, how things have changed since I was a lad. <laughs> I wonder what the future will bring. All right. So Thank what do we do? We, like, yeah. wait 80 years? Are they going to do, like, animation? They'll see trees blossom, and then the leaves fall, and then the tree gets bulldozed. There will be some camera tricks that I suspect are animation, but no, not that way. But, yeah, you'll have these long, look, look. Look, they turn look, the lights off. Were there light? Were there candles on that Christmas tree? That and it's weird, right? Because you can't you can't focus other than the fact the tree's going to catch on fire, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, here's to a new year and many future years of flaming trees. Oh, I have a song. He, uh, old lang and things to come. Right? Is that where the the phrase comes from? Old anxiety. I don't know. I don't know. How do you even say it? Old A U L D, right? Yeah. And then you know, anxiety. Alan Sherman has a version. It goes, "It was a man. His name was Lang, and he had a neon sign. And Mister Lang was very old, so they called it Old Anxiety." <laughs> Alan Sherman, not me. Yeah, he was my son, the folk singer. He, yeah, my son. I love that. that record. He did like a medley, and I only remember the medley's version. Okay, so now it's like, why are there si air raid sirens? And then the guy who was like, war, fuck all war, is like, you don't think they're close, do you? <laughs> now we're hearing on the radio. We interrupt this Ryan Seacrest Morning Drive Zoo show to bring you war. <laughs> We're oh, thank God. Stay tuned to be very scared. We're going to scare you now with war. I heard it on the non-visual radio of the present. <laughs> Where did you hear about the war? Do you remember where you were when you first heard about it? I was in front of my non-visual... <laughs> One-way communications device. One-way communicator, radio device. Disseminating the facts. Doesn't the Brits have, like, a, a tax? Like, if you have a radio, you have to pay a tax to the government? Like a TV tax? I don't know. Teletax? A teletax machine? No, no, like, if you had a tele, a television, mm -hmm. you would have to pay, like, 
I don't know. We can't leave that. Teletext. I can't believe they attacked the war. Yeah, right. I guess I was wrong. I can't believe this is considered a movie. <laughs> what? It's. I guess the camera's moving in front of them. That's a good trick. I take it yeah. back. Hello, Dolly. <laughs> yes, hello, Dolly. I feel like, as a director, you're just so distanced and always just backing away. What's funny is H. <laughs> That's a good point. What's funny is H.G. Wells was started to direct this film, and then they yes. were like, no, you suck. No, dude. That's, that's one thing. Writing. He was alive during 1940, right? 36? Oh, yeah. He was all over this film. He wrote it, and he was – they respected him so much he had to prove everything, and that's unheard of for a writer. Right. But um, when they first started, he was the director, and he just didn't know how to do it, you know. You guys stand over there. No, no, okay. I guess I must have missed it during all the credits, but H.G. Wells himself wrote or co-wrote this movie? Yes, wrote it. Yeah, wrote it. Yeah, wrote it. He wrote the screenplay. Um... Exterior, street. People <laughs> holding signs saying war is coming. Exterior. H.G. Wells, man. He was mostly science fiction novelization. You know that. But he also yeah. wrote nonfiction stuff. And, like, he wrote this well, as a book, he wrote it like as if you were re you found some journal from a guy who was a diplomat years ago in the ages of old, you know. Uh, look at this war again. We just got rid of it's like World War One is coming to England. Can you imagine? Right about that. You know, it's really interesting how they when they go into the future, they predict it, but they retain the 1930 sensibility. You'll see what it is. The yeah, I know what you're talking about. Custom, the manner. I, yeah. I do enjoy that. I do enjoy seeing what the future looks like, but it's based on what the present was. So, you know, there's shed yeah. carpeting intentionally or not, or right. know, they, their airplanes are basically trains that float or whatever. Yeah, Logan's Run looks like the 70s. Yeah. Barbarella looks like the 60s. But that's part of the fun of it is that it's – the now take of what the future is. Mm -hmm. But when you watch it again, you're like, well, that's the 60s take of the future. <laughs> yeah. So their take is really interesting. They get a few things. Do they get it right? I don't know. There was another war. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> that one was pretty easy. No, like, for instance, you're going to see flat screen TVs. You're going to see helicopters, and there were no helicopters at this time. You're going to see, like, them making tunnels, and it's like a squirrel, whirly screw. Like, things that they didn't have. You're going to see a Segway in really? it. Really? Yeah. Um, we call those um, embarrass yourself naders. You get on there, and you feel shame. We <laughs> predicted the Segway. Yeah. <laughs> You don't have to touch the ground. Your sadness will guide you throughout the, the park tour. <laughs> so oh, my God. That's a segue. Well, like, you really have to be, I don't know, to be on a segue tooling around when there aren't any others around, like, you got to feel a little, I don't know, there's something going on there. I'm not saying, I'm no. not saying you're autistic. I'm not saying you're a narcissist. Oh. I'm not saying you're, something's going on. I think it's kind of cool. Like, I've seen people on hoverboards, you know. That is, is super cool, though. 
But I'm not, they don't literally hover. They have like a, there's a middle wheel. Oh, and oh, 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 you, oh. you kind of balance yourself on it and you roll down. And it's pretty cool. It's I don't like know. If I, see, if I see a Segway, I'm not going to judge. I mean, it's, it's so old school, too. It's like having a TiVo. Check it out. <laughs> I have a TiVo. Well, okay. That's cool. Look out for those shadows. Little so boy, look out for the shadows was, of war. Yeah. We saw the guy who was fuck all, like now telling his kids, you got to do your part. And yeah. you know, children marching around like a soldier. You saw how it cast the shadows. Exterior, show the same scene. Oh, yeah, see, and they did go to the tunnel. How about that? But you see how, like, their World War II is the entrance into World War One. Wait a second. I think, yeah, 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 that's right. The Germany went into World War II in any second now. But you see how there's still World War One mindset with the helmets and... Yeah, the trenches. Mm-hmm. Well, not trenches, but... This like this piece of equipment, you know, it's like a super gun. Do you think those World War One references? It's just over the top. No, I mean that's their perspective. If there's a world war, we're gonna have to have gas masks. I was Won't they be a... using gas? You know, that's their perspective. They I, just... I was making a joke. Over the top oh. is a World War One term because you go over oh. the top of the the trench. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Trench mouth. Yeah, trench mouth. That's another World War One term. French mouth. Is that yeah. like people would get sick? You'd be in the trenches and you, your breath would stink. <laughs> yeah, no. they got horrible. There was horrible disease in there. That That's what they're war. worried about back then? Breath? Oh, come on, oh. please. Haven't you seen that, that movie 1917? Aren't you learned? <laughs> I did it's see fucking that. hell. You know, yeah, I, was, I was like, it, they said like, it's going to be all one shot, right? And I was like, Oh, that's so pretentious. But when you watch the film, like it's seamless in that yeah, way. Yeah, it's very seamless. Yeah. No, they did. It's a really good job. I mean, it, it's also oh, a this journey. Is a lookout for falling bricks area. Oh yeah, we're not really gonna bomb it. Well, this is cool. Look at these models. Yeah. Give, you give can me tell that there's... blanket. Oh. They're getting gas masks. This is pretty devastating. Yeah. Jeez, War is hell, Michael. Look at that scene. War is hell. Listen, if I had a things to come DVD player and I go to the menu, I'll skip the war part. I'll be like, I do not want that thing to come. Skip. <laughs> you know, they're superimposing the explosions lots of times, have you noticed? Yeah. They tend to – I can't tell if it's the same shot or it's just an extension of the shot. Oh, that right. guy had a top hat. I think it's just the same set. Wow, this is pretty cool. Well, don't worry. Yeah, we're going to fast forward to 1966 soon enough. So, Oh, am I ready? Oh, London, 1966? Oh, yeah. We lots of hippies, acid trips. So that was like swinging 60s. And like, we saw, what was that, Space Venus movie? Yeah. It the was girl like, from Starship Venus. The girl right? from Starship Venus. It was shot in London in Piccadilly okay, Square. Wait, dead kid, wait, dead kid. Oh, no. Yeah. This is oh. touching the heart. Wow. That kid know. was paid $4.6 million to pretend he was sleeping without moving his chest. He Look never received that. the money. They destroyed my entire model set. The devastation. What did the Germans do? They wrecked my models. <laughs> right. Look at the war of the shadows. 
Oh, that it's... is a super. Wow, look at all this footage. Get a boat, let's go boaty. Now look, see, there's a futuristic thing, but what they really did there was sort of took the tanks that already existed. Yeah, right, synced it up. You know, the music's playing now. Beforehand, it was that, like, Occidental music, the background mm -hmm. uh, sound effects, you know, like the bombing. And now it switches to music. It's a pretty well put together film. Well, you see, H.G. Wells wanted to have the music recorded in advance and then make the film constructed around the music. It was one of the reasons why he was removed as director. Um, <laughs> he really, this guy named Arthur Bliss did the score and afterward, you know, in a conventional way. And um, there was a concert suite, and it's still, like, popular in 2015. You know, like, the musical score. It's like some college will do it, you know? Nice. And th this is, are the helicopters that they predicted, the black helicopters, no less? No, no. We're still back oh, the in planes. 1940, right? Oh, yeah, now. there we go. We're in the war. Wow, this and is crazy. They must have multiplied the image or something. Now, they're propeller planes, and when we go into the future... They'll never leave that. They, it will see the 1930s mindset. It, they will always be propeller planes. But don't forget, did you ever see Back to the Future 2 where in the future we had TV, uh, TV sets that we talked to and fax yeah. machines in every room? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the like, 90s, right? Yeah, he got fired. A uh, fax came and says, you're well, fired. It's a joke fax, Mom. <laughs> the joke <laughs> fax, Mom, Yeah. <laughs> Now what we're going to have is a dogfight and a rack and he'll land and hold the dying man and, you know. Man, that's something romantic about dogfights, right? <laughs> yeah. You're up there. To, the whole point is to kill another man in his expensive plane. <laughs> they are. Yeah, it is very romantic uh, when you see dogs doing it. They. Um, oh, yeah. They kind of hold each other at a distance. Looks like they're dancing. On their hind legs. Yep. And they're sort of connected like <laughs> like a Lego piece. Okay, so Wheel. here comes the crash. A okay, and roll them. You're acting. Oh, uh, oh, oh the G-Force. Oh, look. Oh, the model. I know. Here comes another one. Yeah, it's a biplane. He's going to spit on the grave of the guy he killed. Just my finishing touch. I'm a little psycho. No, no, they're on the same side. They're on the same side. Oh, he's going to rescue. Now, there's no way that guy would have survived. Carl, but... the plane landed on its wheels. Of course, it's going to survive. <laughs> it was right side up. Oh, I'm struggling. Uh, the plane pain. The pain of the plane. <laughs> the pain plane. What? Well, describe your pain. Pain. I'm just plain pain. Uh, <laughs> nothing fancy. Oh, they're talking. Yeah, it's melodramatic. That is my guess. Yeah, Shakespeare. Now, yeah, Shakespeare, here we go. A cute little girl, okay? And it's one. It's the girl that, like, this guy was trying to bomb and gas. You know. Oh so no! Now, right. It's just a it's just a local farm girl, you know. Here she comes. And he goes, No, 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 don't sacrifice your life and give it. I'm dying anyway. Give her mine. 
And then he'll see the irony in this girl he tried to kill, he's going to die for. Right, the irony. Thank God this movie was lacking irony. This movie hits you over the head with, whatever shall become of the blah, 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 blah. You know, he just said, why must we murder ourselves so? It's insane, this war. You know, you're going to get a lot of that platitude. We just, I mean, really, like, story-wise, we saw, you know, war happen in London with maybe minimal characters, right? Oh, I mean, there was extras, but yeah. I yeah, mean, like, there was extras, but... But these guys that are the threat of this movie, they weren't really there during those scenes. It was just no. more. It's right. It's like man against the world, not man against a. This yeah. whole movie will not have an. A... There'll be a segment in which a guy's like looked at as a villain. And we'll get to him soon. Now, do you feel like I haven't read the book? Which can, uh, maybe the book is like this too. It is a journal, and journals start and then it tells stories and it ends. It's, but is there like a overarching story to this is there a reason for me to i mean i, I want to watch it to the end but I, I don't want to be disappointed um you will be disappointed what we're going to see is a saga of what's to come and it's not really going to wrap up in a the war's over carl 1945 no it's not over it's not over wow it's still happening yes that's right 1955 Still in 15 war. years. And look, trenches. You see that? Yeah, that's right. That's over the top. They're in trenches. Now, you'll see some sock hops, and the Fonz has a cameo. Oh, right. In 1960, this movie doesn't make any sense. Oh, it now, be... it's, no, it, now it's 1960. It's Laverne and Shirley and such. <laughs> <laughs> look it's at that. Carl... Oh, he's the invisible man. They killed him. <laughs> right. He just okay. So now we're like way in the future, and it's 1966. Okay, and the world is a wasteland. So much oh. war, and there'll be disease too. It's still the news. Uh, Look, the paper see newspaper. Says, see, it says four pounds sterling. Yeah. To a person in 1936, they'd be like, "What the fuck?" I mean, that is inflation, you know. But you know, it's large print, so they those they're, they're <laughs> a lot older now. I didn't like that when I saw it. It didn't make sense. Why isn't it in a newspaper? Well, he's been, this movie communicates through a lot of signs and a lot of Now look at every town. Look at it. Every town oh. is demolished. Hey, what do you want to do? I, I don't same know what streets we were in before. Yeah. What, is, what is that? Friends out for night? What do you want to do? What oh, no, no, go ahead. No, no, it's fine. It's Oh, well, we want to we want to clean up some rubble. I don't know. I thought I would go over and clean some rubble. Yeah, me too. We're gonna just do you have a broom. I want to sweep the dirt. Hey, man, I I heard uh, there was a band playing at the uh, bowling alley remains. <laughs> oh, cool! Really, there's a band playing at a bowling alley remains. Let me check that out. <laughs> there's a raid tonight at the the crumbled well. <laughs> oh, cool! I I I could pick up a couple items there okay now why did a sickness come i'm not sure i guess from the gas or something from I'm war not sure. yeah 15 yeah, years so of war what happens in this is you get intently sick intensely sick and you yeah you didn't intend to get sick you'd, you're intense you get intensely sick and then all of a sudden 
you wake up and spring out of bed and sort of kind of zombie your way. You're in a lot of pain, but you start walking. What does Dr. Harding think about this? Right. It was terrible. <laughs> How many H.G. Uh, Wells books or movies have you watched or read? Well, um, uh, I read that Time Machine one. I read Leagues Under the Sea, the submarine one. Listen, I think that might be Fern. Oh. Jules Verne. Okay, I don't know. Just I'm certainly the Time Machine. Here he comes. Here's the. He's not really a zombie. Oh, I the, say. The War of the Worlds. Disease person. Oh no! Right. I should have wore a mask. Right. That's where I was going. Now look at this guy. You see this guy? I think he's going to become our bad guy. I think that's the one with our the bad hat. Guy. The American. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, so he that did, guy uh... was um, uh, hired because he was a name. So what he's saying is, oh, a bloodless shot. Uh, damn it. Why was I... we shoot each other in the streets? I need oh my to God, come you up sh your... He shot Bob Fosse. Oh, so, two, three, four. So anyway, <laughs> the guy who I think is the bad guy is like rallying the troops. Like, if you see a walking zombie, fucking shoot them. They got the disease. Anyone with the disease, kill them. And, like, this will pay off, like, a decade in the future. But okay. it's a long, painful, kill people process. Look, a zombie, bang. Yeah. And you see a zombie, shoot it. Got it. So okay. shoot him in the head? No, I just did that. Now, <laughs> the, the love interest here, this film doesn't have heroes and such, except for this one guy. This sold to us as a love interest. She's got the zombie zap and oh, no. the whammy jammy. And she's going to do it. She's going to get up and start walking. There's a guy on, like, zombie patrol now. Right. When you see oh, a zombie, shoot him in the, between the eyes. Does that stop them from zombieism? I guess. <laughs> They're dead. That's fun. The idea oh, no. is stop the spread of the disease. Now, she's got the zombieitis. I guess, but she's not really a zombie. She's just, like, fucked up and in pain or something weird. She's sick. Walking oh, around the war toilet. Zombieitis! Scramble! Zombie Scurry! Coming. And then this, the doctor will come out like, don't shoot her, don't shoot her. And then the bad guy will be like, hey, didn't I fucking tell you to shoot these people? And he goes, okay, both. And he does it. There we go. It's Ready? not the doctor. It's the love interest guy. No! Hey, I'm the hey. bad guy around here. Right, I'm the American with the hat. <laughs> A bloodless shooting again without any gun smoke or... Or even noise. I think I heard like a trap pop. <laughs> oh, look at this. No man is having a wreck in the ravages. We're not stopping in 67. We'll stop in 1970. Is, does things pick up in 1970? Like, do they have houses? Well, like, there's a popular show called The Brady Bunch on, and, like, the hippies kind of die out in this period, you know. This the is more the me decade, is what you're trying to say. <laughs> yes, I am. Saturday Night Live gets big. Uh, right. New Wave is born, although it's not big yet. It's alternative. I see a lot of Cousinarts, uh, Perrier Water, <laughs> and running shoes in this scene. 
That's a good one, Mike. Tweezing arts. That's perfect timing. If it's 1970, it's probably like Pet Rocks. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's, look it's at this. Things are coming back. And it's, it's descriptions of their services, so I know what a dairyman is. <laughs> <laughs> they, pay, they spent a lot of money on this, and it was over a million dollars in American money, but they, they did it in sterling pounds, of course. I mean, this is everything in the shot. There's no tricks, right? Do they do mats, you think? Like the kind of. Well, yeah, like for instance, during the first war that we saw, um, right. like they had rum. The building crumble and fall on people, but it was superimposed. But these shots with hundreds of people in the in the square, they're there at the shot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Sorry, misunderstood. Yeah, this is all practical. But, I, you know but no, no, the explosion part of this. <laughs> hey, you look, Carl's your dad. Your dad's in the shot. Oh, his, look. His butt. I didn't see my dad. Did you? Yeah, <laughs> you really did. Darn There's it. a little baby back then. <coughs> oh, it's your great great grandpa. It's your great great grandpa. Made a fluffy. Your great, it's right. It's your grandfather. Your great grandfather. Then they're like, "Hey, we got a fucking car." What time? That engine. The one in the county or whatever. They they manufacture cars now. I guess so. They manufacture no. tanks. No, no, he got a this and a part oh. of that. It's like a Cuban special. So we're going to finally go Mad Max in this movie. No. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> oh, the donkey's pulling it. There's no tires, Carlos. Well, no, awesome. he doesn't have gas at the moment. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> it is kind of stupid. You know How many horsepower you got? What are you, are you blind? I got two. There's one right in front of me. I noticed that it was like newspaper, newspaper in the 1970s, like, hello, radio news, non-visual radio news. Give us 22 minutes. We'll narrate your film. Now, that was Ollie Ollie Ox, who you saw, and they're going to set him free. Ollie Ox is free? Mm -hmm. Look at that dome. Is that City Hall? Back in the day. Yeah. There's gonna be an open mic at the. You know, I'll go to William Briggs. I'll be like, "Listen, Tuesday's kind of dead, right?" Yeah, you you guys can do a little business on Tuesdays, right? Right. Listen, look, there's a lot of foot traffic. There's soldiers marching. There's you know, <laughs> people will come in. They'll get a drink. Uh, Tony B. Do you know open mic or Tony wait, B? Wait, wait, wait. Do you think that's the same guy who was doing the shooting? I, I think it is. He is wearing a hat, Carl. No, well, no, he's like now the local warlord, and he's warlord. bullying them. I want my planes in the air. We're at war. Warlord. War's raging on, and I'm Daddy Warbucks. Is that oh, as loud as you could be? Oh no, I could crank this up. It's not my fault. This guy's dull. Yeah. Well, you know, he's going to be a blustering blowhard, but he's not a – he's not an asshole. He gets – you know, he does his – he's a leader. They got a sorceress? No. <laughs> That's just his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Which 
this is the future that you're thinking of. Yeah. Like, the future, in the future, vampires walk during daylight. Right. And they'd be dressed up all today. I don't yeah. know what that means. But... I mean, for a post-apocalyptic world, everyone's hair is fantastic in this movie. A lot of waves. Yeah. yeah. And that's another thing. Like, they'll always have their 1936 hairstyles. In the future, right. that won't change. Right. Michael Richards had the same haircut. In the same <laughs> Nothing ever changed. Wait, holy shit, oh, what is that? There's no such what... fucking thing as a plane. What is that? Metal bird. Yeah, Mad Max was like, Road Warrior, they were like, oh shit. No, it was in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Remember the guy had a whirly bird or whatever? Yeah, he had a, uh, yeah, he had an airplane and they were all going to yeah. take off in it. Remember, there was not enough runway and, so, yeah, 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 that's right. The <laughs> he was so Australian. Yeah, totally. Okay, so the plane's right. landing, so he's like, Go arrest them and bring him to me! Who is this person? Listen, I'm the warrior. Right. Uh, right. He's, That's it. I'm the warlord around here. Yeah. He's the war whore. I don't like that term. It's warlord. So what... <laughs> the lord of... Maybe. Lord of whore. <laughs> um, <laughs> he is the... Um, he has been trying to get planes in the air so he can win this war, and and they're all fucked up and they don't have you know gas and but um, somebody's flying over in a plane. He's like, that's my ticket. Now this is their idea of a totally modern plane. Yeah, look, there's no flies will hit you in the teeth because you got this mask on. You burp in there though; it's gonna stay in there. <laughs> Where can I vomit? I've been wearing this helmet for two hours. Yeah, this is a space helmet. He's got space hair. <laughs> well, he's just I'm... old. He's just old. All right. So this guy and it's like you're under arrest. You know they sent this bumbling idiot, and he just sort of walks all over him, and now he's leading him. Come on, I know the way. I know everyone. Let's follow space, Dad. Right. You see, that's Japanese, those high shoulders. That was a design they got from... Oh. Homo I don't know what the word is. All right. Oh, good. They put the camera on the ground, Carl. Yeah. The cameraman was sick that day, and the <laughs> H.P. Wells was like, we're directing. Right. I mean, we're, we're filming. Let's... I I quit, I quit, and I'm taking my tripod. God damn it. God damn it. All right. We've spent budget. <laughs> I spent all this money on these war signs and um, old broken signs in the background. Did you see Citizen Kane? I think this will work. I know, I know, but I'm H.G. Wells. I'm predicting the future. Right. War of the Worlds. That was a big one. So... This guy has not gone to the warlord, and he's get he's going into the professor's lab kind of thing, and now this like bumbling idiot again is like, no, no, I'm be I'm really being serious now. You you gotta come with me. Wow, look at that. That's the dome we saw. Yep. He's one man's living in. Oh, I guess oh, it's his he office. Is, he is the warlord. Yes. Now she. He's Biff. <laughs> yeah, and back to the future too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now she 
is smarter than him, okay? And she's like queen, you know, but not really because she's a woman and she just, she's, not, you know, not going to get a chance. But she can advise and she's saying, stop bullying this guy around. Do you want planes? Let's figure out what he knows, you know? It comes from a place that represents, um, what's it called? The Freemasonry of Science? Yeah, it's... He's it, it, a space mason. People trying to get civilization back together, okay? Uh-huh, well, with secret handshakes. the name, and um, he's representing that he's going to have the warlord fall in line. Essentially, they're going to come and invade and shut him down. Clever. But I think he's a Freemason from outer space. Yeah. Yeah, the the feds in the little car. Space. He's not from outer space. He's from the future. Come to the wall. Go at it. What do you mean? Shut up. On wall. Who are you, I say? Law. Law and sanity. I am the law, yeah. When did the Marvel blip happen? The five years span? <laughs> Marvel blip? What uh, is 2007 that? to 2012. You talking about the cin cinematic universe? Remember the guy snapped his fingers? Hey, Carl. Oh, I, yeah, that was. Uh, I went to. I I actually asked for my money back when I saw that movie, and the manager says, "Can I help you?" I said, uh, "Yeah." I would like to get two tickets refunded for Avengers. Uh, and he goes, well, why, sir? You watched the entire movie. I go, uh-huh. That movie was about a guy who snapped his finger. Half the world's population disappears. Uh -huh. And my friend is still here. <laughs> I want my money back. It didn't work. Yeah, but it's not reality. Okay, so he's a 50-50 chance. <laughs> yeah, right. It depends. If you get a manager who's like, fuck this job, right? No, no, 50% of my friend would disappear. Right. Oh, okay, okay. I'm yeah, a little behind. Hey, that's a joke I, I never give up on. <laughs> it's just see if I have a minute to kill left. And you often do. Yeah, I come up short. I'm like, <laughs> here's my strong joke, a little filler. Here's my strong middle, a little filler. Killer ending, and I look, it's like a minute and a half. <laughs> oh, I better tell that other joke. So we're missing a lot of, it isn't really plot. What we're missing is blustering. So what's happening is, he's like, you're mine now. I own you. You are my prisoner. You're going to help me make planes. And he's like, look, man, hey, I. it's not me. I represent a whole, you know, New civilization, and if Things they know I'm come. here, if yeah, I don't go home, they're coming to get you. And who's who's in the middle? Who's who else is there? The the queen is there, if that's her right. real term. Seriously, drinking this guy in and learning about him. Gotcha. I, I got it. My God, Star Wars prequels are more interesting. Well, look at that. He's like letting it dangle. Yeah, that's right. Get? Now, he's Sorry. got some German insignia. 
And what it implies is that the Germans invaded the UK. But we never learned the, who's the enemy. We're in any town, Carl. Any, any town, USA. Any town. This could be a town in Germany. Look how good he is acting as a kooky dictator with his wide yeah. eyes and proclamations and storming in, right? He's wearing lion skin or some bullshit. Look at him. Yeah, man. He's acting. His feet on the bed. I, well, no hey, man. Would do that. I'm a warlord. He, he needs a yacht. If he's a true warlord, you get yourself your, a yacht, a mega yacht. They're landlocked in every town. They're landlocked. But they got a crest there. He's making a lot of sense. He's advising him not to not to bully this guy. And... Aerial bus driver. Huh? Okay, they left me alone. I can finally do what I came here for. Well, he's sort of like in some sort of cell. Oh, I see. I gotcha. They locked them up. Don't be such a dunce! So let me get this straight. This guy comes from another place, and he has things to things like, that. He comes from like uh, wherever their central base is, Nova gotcha. Scotia, Canada. I don't know. All right, I got gotcha. you. Right, and they're like building a new civilization, and they're kind of doing it like I don't want to say town to town, but like area to area. And they're coming in, and they're finding out who's the asshole warlord, and they're 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 kicking the beehive, they're rattling the cages. This would be a great TV show. Every week, you go to a feudal warlord <laughs> yeah. city, just fuck right. their shit up. And it's just some kind of take a story on trying to. And in yeah. the end, things that come to kick your ass and take your land. Season finale, like. The main, like, uh, you know, best friend dies, like, at the hands of the warlord. He loses his his wife, dies, something. Right. Oh, look at the oh. trenches again. World War One. Now we'll yeah. see that throughout. There are some predictions they make that work, others that don't. But we'll never leave machine the guns. mentality of make bigger machines or you know that kind of thing. Right. Maybe I'm a little underprepared for this one. I did see it four times. No, My this research is isn't solid. Carl, know. all you have to know is that there are things to come. That's it. That's the <laughs> research you need to do. Tell <laughs> me about the time. Tell me about the movie. So sharp and having all the answers and blah blah blah. This is the most descriptive movie title I've ever heard. Yeah, there's things. Now, you see how those were 1936 horses, not like our modern horses. Not like our modern-day horses. But don't forget, there was a war from uh, 1940 to, <laughs> to the present. Yeah, but think about that. That's 40, 50, 60, 76 years. Non-stop war. Yeah, but then they – I don't know. It it's should never-ending war. I wonder if you, as a filmmaker, did that, like just changed hairstyles to something we've never seen before, make them wear spazzy clothes, you know, like, like would that turn off an audience? Well, we, we're just waiting for this guy to finish the speech, but the camera's walking around. There's so many people in so many detailed costumes around him, you know? Yes, we will like, never see the, the end of his speeches. 
I mean, the fire in the room is more interesting than this speech. Yeah, what kind of ventilation? Oh, the dome, the right, the cracked dome. Oh, I guess the cracked dome, yeah. So, right now, it's like more bullying, like, I want my fucking planes. And then they're like, well, if you want the planes, we need the professor and we need this new uh, weirdo space guy. What a shot. Yeah, with the smoke in the background. Look at the sharp nose and the out-of-focus nose. You can visualize the 1936 movie trailer, right? There's a cut like that, and then a, yeah. a title card will come up, and it'll say, What a cast! <laughs> and then they'll have a little zippity-dippity-doo. <laughs> it's like you were there. We've yeah. seen so many of these films. I remember, like, uh, I would discover, like, a movie from the 30s has a trailer, and it's just, like, clips with, like, yeah. little, you know. So poorly you'll done. You'll laugh. This guy was modeled after Mussolini. That's what H.G. Wells did. Oh, did did H.G. Wells realize that Mussolini is a weenie? No, he bit his weenie. Mussolini is a weenie. Where did you did you make that up or did you? No, there's a remember. I think it's from Life Is Hell. There's like a World War II jingle bells, or it's like jingle bells. (laughs) Mussolini is a weenie. No, he bit his weenie. Who's the lady? Oh, bit his weenie. weenie. Yeah. Okay. And the there is this one uh, joke song I I learned in the 1940s. They made a joke song against Germany because we were at war, right. and it was like when the Fuhrer says we is the master race, we howl, <laughs> howl, <laughs> right into his face. Have you ever was heard that it? Mike Jones? Yeah, I have heard. Yes, that. yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's J O N E S. It's funny. Okay, so this guy's like, no, I will not help you. I, I, he wants a gas and he wants airplanes. I, so it's just bullying. I don't know. It, it's even a little boring. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is at least there's a story to this. Well, is there? It's very detached, and one thing doesn't lead to another. We, I don't know. Okay, H.G. Wells conceived his treatment as a new story meant to display the social and political forces possibilities. He had outlined in his 1933 book, Escape of Things to Come, a work he considered less a novel than a discussion in fictional form presented itself as notes of a 22nd century diplomat. Gotcha. Have you ever seen uh, Cloud Atlas? Yeah, horrible. But that was like past, present, and future. Yeah, well, it that's not nice to say horrible. It wasn't horrible. Um, I think I was confusing it with Fountainhead. Oh, the Fountain, yeah, Fountainhead and uh, Cloud Atlas, two different movies. But I, yeah, I hear you about that because yeah, I think she wrote a a book. Anne Rand wrote The Fountainhead, right? Right. And uh, Darren Arzowski directed a, a close to three-hour movie based uh, on it. But Which Cloud we... Atlas was a, a novel a different by a different author. And I, I attempted to read the novel like I always try to do. And I mm. made it through like at least the first chapter. But it's basically different periods of time 
where the same actors played different roles uh, in each time period and they have different makeup and uh, it's and all connected, man. It. Yeah. So but I, can, I can see if you're not. Yeah. No, no, no. It, he's just blustering and he'll continue to do it. This film drags its ass in the middle here. She's great. She's been either bored or interesting or that's it. And you can see behind her eyes, she's thinking. Yeah. Not Blondie here, right? Well, no, Blondie's doing her part. Wait for him to just be quiet. <laughs> can we have a seat at the table where there's not flaming, billowing smoke behind me? <laughs> it's very hard for me to eat these oysters. Now he's railing against books. This guy is Mussolini. You could tell Wells is like, fuck you. And we shouldn't pay Wells royalties. Who's with me? Oh, what a now, terrible Wolf, future. Queenie's out of there. And where does she go? In the to bay the source. Is... Yeah. It's a, it's a very civil conversation and very reasonable. She should be the warlord. Well, that's a good point. So, but isn't he like out to break uh, heads, warlord heads, and bust up shit? No, he's out. He'll do that because the job has to get done. But no, he goes to places and reasons with them, you know, and, you know, I'll cure your sickness. I will. No, he he brings civilization. Getting rid of the sickness will just stop the bloodless bloodshed on the streets. <laughs> the bloodless, the non-firing killing guns. Ah, pew, pew. Oh, <laughs> all right, pew. Oh, pew. I got pewed. <laughs> oh, that's my cue to fall down. Right. All right, so she's bargaining. Yeah, well, she's trying to... Right now, she's not bargaining as much as she's explaining herself. Why she's, like, wants, wants to learn about him and everything. And, you know, like, what he represents is a life outside these city walls and an end to poverty and... Nice. So she's like, I'm willing to deal, but I don't have the power. Oh, so she's bargaining with this guy. This is really interesting. Also, there's 17 steps behind her, I counted. 17 steps? Isn't that interesting? Well, it's very compulsive of you. Two, three, four, five, five six, six, seven, eight. Get out of the way, nine. Nine. Oh, shit. One. Oh, I was almost there. <laughs> I started to sweat because I ran out of, I'm go, you know, I could see I was going to run out of fingers to get. Thank God. Steps. Thank God there were 21 steps. <laughs> oh, that, um, that's an empire. I mean, the astronomical. That one, two, three, four, four five, six, six, seven, eight. eight. Stop nine. And let. Oh, fuck. Do you count the mezzanine as a step? I do. Yeah. Interesting. That's so interesting. 
This movie is so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. Okay, he says, He's so drunk. you've come for a diplomatic mission, have you? Parlay. Parlay. Look how he's staggering a little drunk, and he's still Mussolini. Got the trench breath. Trench breath. That's right. There you go. Trench breath. All right. Yeah. Anyway, look. This I ends think, today. I don't think this is. This is a good man. I mean, it's just. You know, I I appreciate that that they're going for it. They're going for broke. Cause there's been Nostradamus movies. Maybe I could find it on YouTube. But there was one from the '80s, early '80s. Nostradamus predicts, and I think Orson Welles hosted it. Okay. And. They had someone play Nostradamus, and at the end, it's like, there's going to be a war, and if, you know, you happen to be in New York City during the month of September, stay, stay clear. You know? Stay inside. Yeah, stay inside. Get in go, the basement. Go, yeah, go to New Jersey. Just say it. But it was like a... Is it a, is it a full-length movie? Yeah, it is. It was like, Nostradamus says, or something like that, or like, in okay. the week, it was... There was these popular books, and I guess this is the the template, the it, things to come, where it would be like, oh, what was it, the Chariots of the Gods? Do you remember, I remember that? Yeah. Really? The, and Nostradamus had his predictions. The movie 2012 uh, with John Cusack was based right. on Nostradamus' prediction that that was the year the world would end. Wait, I thought that was the Aztec calendar. Well, I think it he ripped off and never gave him credit. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's the Aztec calendar. Look how he's helping him fix the planes now. He knows how to work a wrench and shit. There's a lot of money invested in all this stuff, like the bayonets and <laughs> this mechanical stuff. You think this coon skin cap came off a coon? Raccoon. They like go, yeah, they must have like eating raccoon meat. Or he must have just got it at the Dizzy store that was destroyed in 1952. <laughs> the Davy Crockett hats. Look at this. We are barnstorming. Too bad the bars are a piece of shit. Oh my goodness, they've done it. We've got a working plane. We do. Next up is the dance on the wings for the audience below. <laughs> Ooh. Look, All right. Yeah, what year is yeah. this now? No, this is the civilized people. It's Interesting. Still... Look at how yeah, advanced and... technology. Soundless but recording, noiseless recording. How it is just like their idea would be what we have today, but like souped up bigger and better. Right. It's, you know, they're on that stepladder. It's junk displayer. So he's the, the head leader. Well, they're like, guess what? Uh, you know, what's-his-face didn't check in. Just like the guy was threatening to the to the Mussolini. <laughs> um... 
posters and the main okay so this is about like hgwell's degree of control over the project like it's unprecedented for a screenwriter like Posters in the main title build the film as H.G. Wells' Things to Come with an Alexander Corda production appearing smaller. So the, the production company itself was little to his name. He was a famous name. Wells had no control over the finished product, really. It's just uh, there were many scenes shot and truncated. Like, he was all over its production. Okay, so futuristic costumes worn by citizens of every town with the rigid shoulder extensions were patterned after Keitaginu shoulder cloth of the Japanese samurai. This film's released uh, in the U.S. 1947. That's a long time after. It would be a double bill another H.G. Wells-inspired film. Now, what they're loading here is called Happy Gas. Now, what they're loading up here on the plane, Mike, it's Happy Gas. It's the opposite of that World War II evil gas that'll kill you. This is Peace Gas. Right. This is Peace Gas. Okay, so that's H.G. Wells' way... The left is right then. Right is wrong. So Mussolini's blustering and says, get in your planes, let's go. Let, so now they're going to fight whoever the enemy is, okay? Which are those future guys that are going to crush No, them? no, not the future guys. Like the other warlords. Gotcha. It's like feudal Europe kind of thing. No, they know these guys have the edge because the other feudal warlords may not realize future guys could, could get them. Gas? What sort of gas? I know nothing about gas. Tell us about these parts. How quaint. A 1970 gas mask. <laughs> blustering. Blustering! I know. Why do I feel like I'm in Springfield from The Simpsons? Oh, look at that. Yeah. Modern. That is a very modern model. It's available at FAO Sports, uh, second floor. You know it's a real shot because it's going through clouds. You can't fake that. Oh, I know. And the string was like, looked like it was dangling and not hovering over it. The H.G. Wells predicted in the future string technology. Right. In the future, model uh, planes will uh, represent real planes in movies. Did you see how the dials were big, like, barometer and clock? Right. Like, so it's like, if we saw it today, it would be like some sort of float screen with little boxes and, you well, know. Like, like those weird uh, reel-to-reel -reel computer database machines that are <laughs> that spin around. <laughs> They were in the future. They sure were, buddy. <laughs> what is this? Come, who's a, a rave against Richard? 
oh, we're going to have this long sequence. Now, right. it's so 1936 because they're going to deploy by parachute. You know, it's just. Aren't you supposed to say, like, wow, this is great imagery, the black and white and the clouds? Yes. And, mm-hmm. and the. No, you're right. It's fun. And it's. But you know, it's dull. Cool. Yeah. No, I'm just trying to. It's a comedy show. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Propellers. All this movie is missing is uh, The Rock as Black Adam. Like if he came, he was... Yeah. That's the opposite of practical effects. A movie like Black Adam, where everything is possible, so anything happens because everything is just CGI. That's right. Everything is CGI, so you can do anything. I, you know, we've come a long way, like you and me, buddy. I mean, from what yeah. we can see, I remember the first time I ever saw there was, you know, it's a practical effects world, right? I'm watching TV and there's this Budweiser truck and it morphed into a sports car, a Budweiser logoed sports car. I just, I, you know, like fell back on my chair. I mean, like, how can you. What kind of sorcery and magic do these people possess? You know, it was like one of the first computer graphic things I ever saw that like tricked me and I believed it. Right, sure. I remember going to see Terminator 2 and the guy morphed into, you know, he turned into liquid and like, what? Yeah. What kind that of was, world? I, I, I felt that with the, a little with the abyss too. Like that was just pretty nuts. Yeah. There's, there's some movies now that I see, and I'm just amazed by this, how the special effects work and, like, uh, stuff I've never seen. But for the most part, like, all this is just practical. They really had to build this with the smoke and the extras. Right. They really did. Every Now, the, there's only one person that the gas kills, and it's Mussolini. Warlord. Yeah. Oh, look, long live the chief. Long He's live, no, that's chef, that says chef. Oh, long live chef. Very popular. Yeah, I mean, there, well, there wasn't a lot of food around, and this guy could work miracles. They never really got newer newer episodes of South Park, so they really were fans of this chef. <laughs> yeah. They just didn't know. Oh, true. Look, it, it's so, they didn't predict anything here. Oh, no, this is what we do. We walk out of a diner and jump out of an airplane. <laughs> Art Deco. We jump out of an Art Deco plane. Art Deco. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I don't know if it's literally right, but I mean. It looks more Space Invaders, I guess. Maybe they predicted Space Invaders. Okay, everyone, stand still. We don't have CGI, so you have to be in the shot, and you have to lay still. <laughs> we don't have CGI. Here they are. They're tied up for the last 10 minutes that we got the sun right. Let me feel your head. <laughs> Let me take your pulse. Oh, I'll put my arm around you. Hello! Hey, I'm free. Hello, comrades! Are they new people wearing the suits? or? It's the people from future land, you know, from civilization yeah. world. Ah, pity the poor ch- chef. Look at him laying there. Man. His kind will never learn. 
Looks like great. Oh, everyone's like, what? Is it lunch yet? Is the commissary open? I feel great. Craft Services is here. Hello. Uh, I was promised a toy if I return a gun. <laughs> Everyone get up now. You have your toys. All right, now here oh, yeah. we have the official council, and we're going to have his vision of the project. This, this is at an Apple store. Right. Now let's listen to his All right. proclamations of the world to come. It's going to take forever. They got the last warlord. Yeah. Warlord. That's what it is. Wings over the world is the name of their organization. So it's over. So wow. Wings over the world. Wow. Or what is what 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 the wings no, of the, the yeah what 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 yeah. It was the great wow it was perfect for marketing. Can you so just call it Wings Over World? Can you just No, it has to be the world. God damn it, our acronym. Okay, so now civilization will come to every town. What that means is industry. So we get models. They make models. But they're mining the lands finally. Stripping the earth at last. What they're gonna do is they're gonna yeah, they're gonna take these raw materials and turn them into a beautiful Every town. Now look at this 1936. Right. Why would this, you need a piece, a plank of wood? That's <laughs> a long staircase that that device has. This uh -huh. is like the the peacetime working. Right. No longer are we see tanks and airplanes. Exactly. We're seeing gas that turns the rock into mush or something. So is this a thing that came or went? The hand musher. Look at that. I don't think we have that yet. Whoa! That was practical. We okay. <laughs> so practical. My friend is trying to patent a a, a wheel musher. What'd you say? A hand musher? Yeah, like know. a hand. Oh, I guess it's one of those cranes. <laughs> but um, it's a long process. He's got patent pending. Oh, I see. This looks like the Matrix a little. Oh, inside, like Zion? Yeah. Those uh, creepy... Yeah, they come out and they, like, attack your real life. You're not even in the Matrix when they attack you. Right, you're in the real life. This is off-limits. This... You have to have some boundaries, machines. We'll fight you in the... Yeah. You built a, a battle, a war, war, war world. You know, I hate you fucks, but I gotta admit, this is the greatest game ever. Okay, so now we're going to get a lot of montage. A lot of montage. We are going no to problem. get so I'm, much montage. We're I have my turbines. Turbine, yeah. I have my best of 80s electropop uh, uh, soundtrack. <laughs> this would be perfect for it. Yeah, right? The little whiff so fast. <laughs> yeah, we're just missing Giorgio Moroder. Okay, I'll take the stairs, ladder. You were just gonna see montage of montage. stairs and ladders and. Now you saw Metropolis, right? I have seen Metropolis, which is one of the public domain movies this year. Yeah, yeah. that's right, nineteen twenty-seven. 
Before filming started, author H.G. Wells told everyone who'd fucking listen how much he hated Fritz Lang's film Metropolis 1927 and how he wanted them to do the opposite of what Lang, who he called Lang, uh, and his crew had done. H.G., listen, you know my name is Henry. He asked uh, director William Cameron Menzies to avoid pattering the patterning the film after Lang's. Uh, Menzies nonetheless drew, drew a great deal of inspiration from it, and he admitted this lengthy montage depicting the tra- what we're watching wow, right now. Yeah, look at that. That's a crazy. He says it owes a huge debt to that 1927 film. To be fair, this is like halfway during the film. We saw like civilization crumble and become warlords, right? And uh, you know, then we see what the future Reason, is. technology. You remember that uh, SNL bit where uh, Bill Bill Clinton is trying to get votes, and it's Phil Hartman and he's in a McDonald's, uh-huh. and he's explaining he's explaining uh, warlords to a guy and he's using the fries. So, like, <laughs> I see a note, or he takes the chicken nugget and. Warlords. I always say that. It's a good bit. I need to, I need, please send me a link. Here you go. Uh, Sure. Do you have a Peacock account? Then you're fucked. (laughs) You're not. Now, is this interesting? Music recorded at the Scala Theatre, Charlotte Street, London, England, which is also where the final performance of the Beatles' A Hard Day's Night was shot. Is that interesting? Yeah, I guess so. I think I saw that movie. I saw that movie. I, I, yeah, I remember the scene. Uh, Alexander, this. you do remember the scene? Yeah, well, this is when they were in that weird warehouse. No, I guess not. I don't. I I just. I know a hard day's night, but I just. You don't remember when they walked through this factory? No, it's a studio. It's a studio. Gotcha. All right. Well, I thought it was like leftover sets. Music recorded at the Scala Theater. So it's a theater. I'm not at the top of my game this show. Oh, it's Look fine. Then. This, Thank is, this you. is more educational. We're learning about things to come. Yeah, I'm feeling yeah. for the poor audience. So that automated we're building a house is actually very... Okay, here we go. All right. So we're... This is 10 more years. 2036. 2036. All right, yes. so 13 more years. Right, and all the people we saw before won't be there anymore. And that's why I don't, one of the reasons I don't like this film. But we'll see the descendant again of our family. Is Mussolini's it's descendant? The same actor. You guys killed my Mussolini dad. Wow, look at this. This, this is pretty Metropolis. Those tubes are terrible, man. It breaks down, you're fucked. Now, I was wondering to myself, is that like the tube we use to send messages in office buildings? Oh, right, those. Or like when you go to the bank uh, teller. Right. The drive-thru. So that was something that business used to do when films were black and white. So maybe... Okay, now... We've got this modern world in this technology world. So what's this guy right here? He's going to be our new bad guy. And his name is Theopolis. Ooh, so. Yeah. He will bluster about how fucked up 
all this technology is, and we need to go back to just being people. The good old days. All right, we got you. Stop folding up the wall. <laughs> you're holding it up from <clears throat> the day. The, you're right. So the dike sprung a leak, and it <laughs> right, yeah, it's like it's bigger. Yeah, he was on duty. It's a, your civic duty if you live in the town. You you know. Well, you know, he kind of screwed up. They're like, "No, your finger, stick your finger in the." He's like, finger. "Oh, I'm so embarrassed." So, like um. That would be a good bit, man. Like the guy, it's your shift at the dike, and like to the left, you plug a hole to the right, and then right by your crotch, a hole pops, and you're like, "What am I gonna do?" You plug the hole. Yeah. Um. Out of your life. <laughs> okay, so, so look how every town has changed. It's totally yeah. a swapping mall with those two. Yeah. There's the movie house. There's the uh, massage. There's Logan Five. There's Jessica Seven. Right. Hi, I represent how children are the same forever. And now we're gonna get like, that's why I don't like this film. Some totally new guy, and he's the old wise. He's gonna just talk to his daughter. And look, they're looking at New York. In New York in 1925 is so funny. Yes, it was before Thanos snapped his fingers, and here we are today. But daddy, how did he survive without yeah. without anti dye machines? Hey, why is there a TV channel of old buildings? Yeah, look at the flat screen TV. They predicted that, I guess. That's what the internet wants to look. How modern it is! You can yeah. see right through the seat. Well, they predicted television. Television was around by that point, thirty six. Yes, it was, but of course, it was the cathode ray, so it right. was a curved. You know, la I mean, there was a tube, and there's nothing flat screen. You need you have all all chairs are translucent. Yeah, that's right. In the future, so I can see your ass, honey. <laughs> <laughs> when you sit down, you freaky girl, I still see your ass. I made up a new chair. Did you fart? No, it wasn't me. I don't know. I kind of, kind of see a little Steve. A little do. <laughs> There's a little, yeah, it was a little moisture. <laughs> like the glass clouded up. Okay. All right. I will never sit on a translucent chair just for that. Yeah, I got her little 1930s dolly. Right. Well, those are evergreen. So what else is on TV? Can I change the channel? No. Yeah, really, please. We finally have a TV. Daddy wants Great. to watch his stories. Okay, so in general, this movie was extremely well-received by British critics. At the box office, however, it was a disaster, failing to oh. garner large audiences after its profitable first week in cinemas. You see, it blew up the first week. Everyone right. was so into it. And then, and then bad word of mouth. Done that. People were at the water cooler that Monday, and they're like, did you see that stinker things that come? <laughs> stinker, huh? I was going to take my sweetheart. 
Uh, actually, sweethearts, my candy box. I bring my own candy. Uh, the movie drew huge audiences upon its opening in New York City. Advertisements for this movie mentioned that large crowds continually flocked to the New York City's Rivoli Theater from 9.30 a.m. on opening day until the ad went to press four days later. The initial oh. interest in the movie wore off. Look at this phone, this video phone, video call. Well, he's he's watching a broadcast. Theopolis is like gonna. It's not like a phone. It's like a t little TV. They don't have like a glass tray to put your uh, keyboard underneath the desk, you know, <laughs> and then like a glass uh, cabinet where you could put your uh, computer box. Look how they're not wearing pants. He's got his legs. I know it is. Look, he's been crossing his legs the whole time. Well, we you don't want. Oh, he's wearing safety shorts. (laughs) Strike a pose. (laughs) There's nothing to it. Jump! Come on, Superman! Jump! Yeah, right. With his cape. Cape. At least they're like doing clothes that look different. At least. Not the right. hairstyles, but... They're close to his croc. <laughs> you got crocs. <laughs> Everyone else has, like, normal shoes. Oh, oh Dick two-way Tracy, radio. Tracy. Come in, Dick Tracy. This has to be half-matted. Like, they have to... I don't think they had all those people there at once. So, what is going to happen now is we're going to have the people who are trying to um, you know they're just they're in charge of the technology and one of the things they're doing is they're going to send a spacecraft to the moon now it's not going to land on the moon it's just going to go around the moon just like we did and this has no idea what we did the animal is going to be in that satellite orbiting around? No, it will be two people. As a matter of fact, they're both of the daughters. Uh, we'll see. Okay, so then um, there's Theopolis, who doesn't want it, and he wants the launch stopped, okay, because he's against technology. Now, what's interesting is they don't do a rocket. They do a space gun. It's going to... Pow! Shoot you like a bullet to the moon. Okay. That's kind of cool. So they, you have like a cartridge, like a, a bullet spaceship, and then you just yes, you, yeah. It's it's a mega mega cannon kind of looking thing, and uh, you know humans are in a capsule that gets put in like a, as if you're stuffing a musket. They and really then, did that. They spent so much money to build a space rocket, a cannon. <laughs> And do they made a space gun. They made a space gun. Have, does it look like they've used it before? No, it's <laughs> the first time, right? It wasn't smoking. I'm saying, like, it's one of those one-item kitchen uh, accessories you don't need. Like, you know, does it mash potatoes at least? <laughs> yeah, it just no, no, it shoots, a, it shoots a bullet ship out into space. Now, look, here is Theopolis, and he's being projected as, you know, larger than life here. It is kind of cool how throughout the years they use different technologies. There's so look, the phone. here he is in the studio, and you see the iPhone there? Yeah, iPad. the iPhone. Yeah. So, this guy has the zoomed. Yeah, he's watching the iPhone too. 
That man is being heard by millions of people. Let's hope they don't heed his, you know. But they will, and they'll, like, riot sure. to go kill the space gun. So their plot is, let's shoot the fucker right now. Let's just let's shoot see. it. We do it now. Any questions? Yes, what are you wearing? How do we know the gun's pointed the right way? And what Wait, what if they overshot? They're going to shoot them around the moon? The, the moon? Yeah, you see, they're going to... Yeah, they're going to shoot Gravity's them around the like, It'll do like a... Them. Swing, no, but yeah. seriously, that's what we did. We didn't uh, build a cannon. Uh, no, we didn't. We just... But I'm saying, the first time we went to the moon, we didn't land. We slingshot. Right. Uh, perhaps ignoring the fiction part of the science fiction movie... Scientific contemporaries criticized it on scientific and technical grounds. The journal British Interplanetary Society insisted that the space travel depicted was unfeasible as a space gun used to launch these two citizens into space would require greater force than the human body could strain. The space gun moved opposite to the physics action. Well, I'll say that part when we get there. Like, the way they do it in the movie is sort of cock the gun and let it go, like as if you were pulling back a slingshot. Sure. And it, and it ricochets things. out yeah. of the Earth that's in the, into the outer stratosphere. But they're saying that the way the gun fires doesn't... Okay, I'm going to read it. The space gun moved opposite to how physics action reaction expla explains the system would behave if there was such a thing as a giant gun launcher. The movie depicts the barrel moving downward against its base, then slowly moving upwards like it's spitting out the rocket ship. If taken literally, that amount of barrel travel at such a slow rate would not move the ship out of the barrel. A ship launched by explosive effect out of a gun would have the barrel moving downward, downward simultaneously. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. There's recoil, buddy. Right. This, they didn't do it. They pulled it back like a slingshot right. and shot. Instead and of, it, like, shooting in it, bounces. Yeah, like... Recoil. And there's no sonic boom around this shopping mall that, like, breaks uh, the, all these tubes and shit like that. Doesn't it look like Ro Logan's run? Uh, no, there's no... There's no repercussion. They're doing the fucking space gun, Theopolis! Hey, are there even any stores in this mall? They, they no. obviously don't have wallets or pockets. They don't have money. They, they, everything, if you're hungry, you can be fed. Right. Need now, a seat. Let me get some lucite. Look, what we got here is the naysayer again. Ah, war, you know. He's the same guy in his, in his uh, pantyhose here. And he's saying, you kids shouldn't fly into space. It's dangerous. That's going to be his whole message. I don't like this. Hello. Are, did you turn the sound off again? Maybe. <laughs> I wanted to hear what you had to say. Okay, never mind me. <laughs> it didn't kill people who were prepared for death. But it was an ugly spectacle of waste. An ugly spectacle of waste. 
There's nothing wrong in suffering if you suffer for a purpose. Our revolution exactly. That's what my wife says. Right. I'm suffering here, you fuck. But it's for a purpose, these children. Well, the guns in urgent danger. Oh, shut up, child. The guns in urgent danger? It's a family drama. What's that rumble wumble noise? There's a riot at the food court. <laughs> oh, it's Rock Against Speedos. Wow, yeah, what's, what are they doing? They're going to climb that? They're going to knock it over? Uh, I don't really know. That's not the space gun. Uh, the space gun's sort of like out in the field on its own, you know? Right. Sort of like, sort of looks like Arizona desert kind of place. And they're all gonna flock there, so I think they're just getting rallied right now. It must be the Arizona desert because they're all wearing shorts or like short shorts. The dude on the right, the guy talking right now, yeah, he has great legs. Take him out, see? <laughs> yeah, they are really yeah. great legs. Yeah, oh, you know, yeah. which re reminds me, I I'm having a heterosexual. All right. Well, oh, sorry. I okay. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you first. It reminds me I was gonna have chicken tonight. Go ahead. <laughs> what is that white? That's dark meat. That's dark meat. Uh, no, I was just saying, like in a heterosexual way, I think his legs are pretty sexy. You you you've Look, researched this movie. Ooh, a heliocopter. There was no such thing. So this is the one thing. I mean, because flat screen TVs. Come on, Vinny. Just do, may have do, a TV do, that's flat. Do, that's all. Do, do. They are on the. Sorry, I'm singing the theme to mash. Go ahead. Now everyone can. <laughs> That's not the theme to mash. You I, said, I believe it is. All right, let's hear it. Coming up next, bad another mash. All right, I don't know the song. I shall return. It goes dun 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 right. Okay, there is space gun. There's the space gun. Yes, and it's intimidating. And when I look at space gun, I feel manly. Do you? I, I don't know. I feel really defensive about that. You know, like they must have threatening gun. Yeah. If they do shoot it off, there's going to be, like, birds dropping out of the sky and, like, <laughs> oh, cows being knocked at tipped. It's terrible. Okay, so there the, there was no fucking chopper. So, I mean, sure, Leonardo da Vinci had drawn it, so maybe it came from somewhere. But, you know, the concept. Sure. But we, they, they didn't have choppers, so that thing blew people's minds. And this is the first helipad at a uh, casino. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Yes, your room is ready, Mr. Lipschwartz. <laughs> it's future tyrant, future warlord. Okay, so now they're going to like a stuff in a musket. <laughs> they're going to, okay, 
They're going to get into this capsule and then it's going to get stuffed down the the gun. Star Trek. They predicted Star Trek. Right. Wow, yeah. I I guess I those are cool that glass elevators. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, talk about like 80s, I guess, and 70s uh, hotel architecture. But you go up and you can look down at the lobby before you get to your room. Before you get vertigo coming out this of there. A, yeah, that's what I high anxiety. Remember high that? anxiety. Well, that's that's the famous San Francisco hotel that has uh, those glass elevators, and you you go up and the actual, you know, the the uh, when you go outside your room. Okay, it's a lobby. Okay, it's all balcony, so it's all real when you go up to your room. So it's scary. Ah, you were scared. I was a little at the okay. hotel heebie-jeebies. <laughs> I had to call the hotel detective. I thought it was a hotel ghost. <laughs> you know the usual. And then winds up I, I was living in the hotel. Um, it was so funny because he was scared of heights, so the doctor just diagnosed him with high anxiety. So stupid. Yeah. I know, right? I like that movie though. Now that's a dumb dumb bullet. This is is dumb. All right, so they're gonna load the dumb dumb bullet. <laughs> they don't have a bottom chamber or anything. They have to stick it up there. I guess it's a cannon. I get you. Okay, so here comes the crowds, and through some method of technology, Theopolis will get to speak to our hero as if they're standing next to other. Look, see that sort of microphone thing he's holding? Maybe that's the explanation. They could talk over a ravine. Turn it on again. This is basically HBL spouting off, you know. Which might be more fun to read. Yeah. To come? We bluster, bluster, bluster. They don't want this exposition? Right, they don't. He wants to sh shut down technology. Are they, are they anti-Ludites or Ludites? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> What's a Ludite? There was some dude who was like, he hated technology. And people were like, no, you got to like technology. So this is a phrase, like, anti-Ludite and Ludite to them. All right, okay, finally. So he's yeah, they're ludites. They're against technology. Did I say it backwards? I don't know. And this is the second time I've had this conversation, so I'm an idiot. Okay. The right. um the script or film treatment and selected production notes were published as a book in wow. 35, reprinted in 40 and 75. Um an academic edition annotated by blah, blah, blah was published in 2007. The script contains many scenes that were either never filmed or no longer oh. exist, although the exitant footage uh, also includes scenes not in the published script. So they he wrote stuff they didn't shoot, and they right. shot stuff he didn't write. 
but this is all grand scale stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, we we saw war. Look at this. This has to be like maybe some matte paintings or whatever, but or models. But it, it's really cool. A lot of the people. art. The art design guy was like the brother of the producer. Oh, I was gonna say his name was that. Wells. I saw that in the credits. No, no. But do you um, know the time? The time machine, one of the most recent versions, was directed by the grandson of H.G. Wells. Oh yeah, I think I did hear that. That's interesting. Yeah. The Guy Pierce version. Now this director, uh, I haven't really talked about him, but he did son. He did okay. This guy was really a production design person, and it was. He created the job title production designer. Look, you see wow. how it, yeah, it yeah. didn't recoil, it spat. Well, I can't hear you from the explosion. Meanwhile, in outer space, a new neighbor joins us. Yeah. As space bullet one approaches our atmosphere. Now, this so, is, um, this is our big end. Really? Yeah, in which it's going to be like, what shall become of us? What path will we choose? Destroying technology or embracing it? It's it's a it's a wrap up to. Uh, I don't know. See, they didn't start out the film asking that question. This film wasn't done well. It wouldn't be fair if the people, their ancestors, asked that question, and the film ends with their, you know, future. Uh... Guys asking the same question. Same question, yeah. You got to listen now. It's public domain, Mike. It's public domain. All right, conquest against conquest. My own conquest. This is the whole pontificating, all this whole movie. Yeah, now this movie, unfortunately, it starts at the beginning and goes to the end. There isn't a thematic. Uh, let's let's a line. Yeah, there's no through line. I think this movie just likes the sound of its own voice. Yeah, yeah. Here comes our big end. He's like, we're just animals. But, but... But yeah, and there's a big butt. Now he looks up when he says the butt. <laughs> so are we gonna be animals or are we gonna be? He's still talking. Which shall it be? Oh, is this the end? The astral yeah, music? You see how you had to ask, is this the end? Because the well, film... Well, it was. Yes, it was the end. Because the film doesn't take us... It doesn't give us a story. It doesn't start with a beginning, have a middle act, and go, this film sucks. It looks nice. I'm sorry, I'm waiting for the court. So you do not like this movie. No, I, I think this movie was poorly done. I think it's extremely interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's some great graphics, some great imagery, and the fact that use of extras and 
you yeah. always hear about film history and how they spend so much money on on the scenery and you see it you definitely see like every penny spent uh, on yes. screen but there's no through line as you say like it's right nothing because then there's like a lot of generational movies like this like cloud atlas or something abstract like that they they have a reason for it and his reason yeah, is that word it's a good example cloud atlas because there was a story there and these these different time periods related to each other right and they were it was about war i mean a lot of it was about war you know and the future was the effect of war all right yeah <laughs> I his people that, i remember that scene he was in the nut house and he just yeah. walked Oh, I got to check that movie out. I got to try to pretend to read that book again. Oh, you haven't seen that film? Tom Hanks' Oh, I have. Film? No, I, ha I have. I, yeah, I, I seen it once. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting of its time, I guess. Carl, wow. Things to come. Gone. Next movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, it's about a Fantastic Four convention. Things to come. Ah. Yeah. All right. I should have used that joke during the movie. Carl, the movie's over, and we are going to be back next week with a brand new movie. I should ask you. I texted you an interesting film called The Lathe of Heaven. Oh, all right. The Lathe of Heaven. <laughs> all right. Carl, we'll be watching Lathe of Heaven next week on Mutiny Radio, as we are on every Sunday at 2 p.m. See you next week. Let's watch a full-length movie on you. Hi, this is Carl, uh, 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 Mike's friend. I wrote this song. Uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and lace. Champagne tickles my nose. I love to paint outdoors. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. French duh, not the oh, oh duh. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with more. Six o'clock, everybody. You're listening to mutinyradio.fm in .sf. We're here for the happy hour. Yay! The happiest hour of two hours-ish of comedy every Friday at six o'clock. And we've got comedians from everywhere. They're going to do jokes, and it's going to be fun. And we all love stage time, and it's great. And uh, thanks for donating, everybody. Mutiny Radio at Venmo. Thanks for giving us money, helping us stay alive. Yay, so that we can help you help us. Cool. Oh, the sounds of, I love, there is like a little bit of sour cream on your cheek and I've just never, okay. It's cute. You know, that's the thing is errant food on a young man. So cute. On an old dude, gross. <laughs> right? If you see an old man with like sour cream on the bottom of his lip, you want to vomit. But if you see it on like Peter Struckmeyer, you're like, oh yeah, baby doll. I just opened by, but it's, ah, I should have turned your mic up for that. You guys can guess the punchline. Put your hands together for your first comedian of the night, everybody. It's Dan Lewis. Yay! How's it going, guys? What's up? All right, we're rocking it here today. How we doing? How we doing? Cool, cool. What do we got here today? I see. 
Brady Pearson, Tim. T I know everybody's name in the entire crowd. This is exciting for me. So it's good. My my mulleted friend right there. That haircut, by the way, that is an insult to the bald man right there. To waste precious resources like that, that is not fucking right, man. More like child molester in the front, child molester in the back. Child molester on his upper lip. Actually, I don't think people should suspect uh, Connor. No, no, parents should ha not have a problem with him because it's like, no child molester is going to dress that on the nose, you know?